Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Before the Crowd with me, your host, Guy Monk. In this week's episode, I'm going to be talking to Sammy Penniston, who is the bass player for one of the hottest new indie rock bands in the UK. The name of the band is Luna Bay, so they have over 70,000 monthly Spotify listeners. That's a hell of a lot of listeners. Uh, in Sammy's spare time, he is also a studio engineer, and in this episode, he tells us some stories about being on tour, uh, some anecdotes about being on the road, uh, some funny stories that happened to him, and the past, the present, and the future of his band Luna Bay, um, what we can expect from upcoming gigs, new music that's coming out in 2020. Let's crack on with the show. Thank you for coming and having a chat about general music and spilling water on the table. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to have like a, a bit of a general chat. Really, obviously you're um, uh, a member, the the bass player, yes, of, of the band Luna Bay. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the band, how you guys got st- got started, what you've been doing recently, and kind of where you're going in the future. So um, yeah, how did it all begin for you guys in Luna Bay? So uh, first, uh, Connor, lead singer, and Alex, they were on the foundation course okay so they were they did an extra year to me and rye so they knew each other mm. for a year before uh alex ended up uh, <laughs> uh living with connor in the first few months of their first year okay um because alex had nowhere to stay apparently i think somewhere uh he was gonna be living fell through or something so he made friends with Connor really quickly and <laughs> sort of uh, lived with him for a few months. So they were already quite close friends cool. by the time we all met. But uh, it was Alex who really encouraged Connor to uh, write songs. Because Connor's a drummer. Mm. He, well, he was on the drum course okay. with Alex. That's why they were um, particularly close. Um, and so... but. Connor also sings and plays guitar, obviously. So Alex um, sort of was encouraging him to write songs because I think you know he'd showed shown him some songs and thought they were good and you know kind of took it worth to worth pursuing. You know. Okay. Um, so, so you guys you then, like you predominantly met at university then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, in I met Alex at a house party in the first few weeks of uni. Probably, yeah, like November time, cool. <laughs> and he offered me a big bottle of Budweiser. I thought, yeah, this is a good guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I think, uh, I don't think he talked to me about joining the band that night. I think it was later on. I think he sort of approached me at some point, um, mm. a few weeks, a few months probably. I guess uh, it, it on, um, yeah. I guess it, it's funny, isn't it, how you say like it just starts at a house party because yeah. I think so many bands in the industry and I'm not saying they're not successful because of course plenty of them are, but like sometimes when you just start as friends, you get a certain vibe mm-hmm. and a certain positive energy in, in in a lot of bands. I find what as opposed to being. I guess it depends on me. Appro- yeah, well, I suppose it depends on me approaching what the band mm. wants to achieve. Yeah. Um, if you're just a bunch of session players playing for an artist, mm. it's very professional, and maybe you guys don't know each other as friends. But when you go through, you know, kind of building it from the ground up, yes, I think like people are generally a lot more invested <coughs> in the future yeah, of the band. So, yeah, it's I not just a gig. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 um, I think with being at BIM I, in the first year. 
I was in like three or four bands at mm. one point, um, including Ninja Bay. Uh, although that was towards the end where we started doing stuff. Um, so it was, at first it was kind of just, you know, something I was doing part of, you know, I was seeing it as, you know, just something to do mm. alongside, you know, doing a degree. Right. Um, rather than like a really like serious thing. I think it wasn't until we did, um, we played Live and Lyrical, okay. which was, uh, you know, uh, Under the Bridge, mm -hmm. uh, where we just played one song and we pretty much, uh, a few months later from that, we got our manager, but as a direct result of that, because there were people there who got us in contact with um, various people. And, okay. Um, so that was sort of quite a big moment because that's like, wow, okay, this it's taking this off. Has it's suddenly, going suddenly become something quite uh, uh, not serious, but you know, it's something that's definitely worth pursuing. So I think once, yeah, that was certainly like the, the first. It was the first thing we ever did. Mm. First time we played live. Uh, and we only, pretty much only had that song, <laughs> <laughs> so there there'd be we we had people come in to, uh, like A uh, and R guys mm -hmm. came in to uh, see us rehearse, and we only had like this one song, Colours, and then I think maybe one or two others. Okay. I think we there's a bit of disagreement about this in the band. Some of us say yeah, we just had one song, or uh, but I'm I'm sure we had we played three songs or something. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, that was it was it's kind of suddenly very out of nowhere became okay. like a thing that was quite interesting. <laughs> Did you find that having? Um, I suppose it's different. Like if you play a gig and you know there's industry contacts mm. in the audience and you're kind of in adrenaline mode, you know, in the gig, as opposed to being in a rehearsal room where mm. obviously a lot of us are musicians, that's where you work the mistakes yeah. out. <laughs> was that quite a scary experience? I, I, I'm trying to remember it. I think it was, it's, it's slightly awkward because <laughs> you're, we were, we were, we were a really like fresh band. Mm. We had no like stage presence really. And you can't have, it's really difficult to perform in front of like four people. And they sort of, you know, in a rehearsal they, space, you know, which are quite cramped. Space, yeah, you know. Um, although it was, you know, the, one of the big rooms downstairs. Okay, so, you had a bit so of it was. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't like they were all like standing like face to face. <laughs> but uh, it was still, yeah, still sort of slightly strange experience. And they, I think they were all a bit sort of expecting us to have loads of songs. Mm. <laughs> so they were kind of it's a bit of an awkward moment. Yeah, uh, but it, it wasn't a, it, you know, they, they were. It was good that they were interested, and then but one of them uh, worked for our uh, manager Ben Carter. Okay. So he was working at Global before. Uh, he's since uh, left and set up his own uh, business, really, uh, okay. the management company. Okay. Uh, so it was through one his one of his colleagues at Global mm -hmm. that he got uh, into contact with us and. Uh, yeah. How did you find the uh, approach, kind of, of 
the the relationships in the band like I guess before a lot of bands get management it's often maybe one person does the merch or one person books the gigs or you know promotes it on social media when you get a manager how do you think that affects the band um, I think I think with Ben he did he's especially at the start he would just be the one really uh, pushing us to just really write more songs, get stage presence, uh, looking good, um, image mm. in a way like not nothing. He wasn't pushing anything. He always says like he has no idea about this, you know, <laughs> his fashion stuff. Uh, but um, but just to you know put it in your minds as something to you know work on. Uh, but I think he uh, he's kind of more behind the scenes like pushing us to people he knows showing our songs okay. to people uh, I think we we focus predominantly on you know social media getting you know uh, you know and sorting out uh, at first gigs mm -hmm. um, but we we have a booking agent now which helps a lot <laughs> okay great yeah so uh, take some of the responsibility yeah, up yeah. and you so can just focus on yeah. the music uh, mostly now we're just focusing on you know songs and uh, trying to book uh, you know recording dates and no which is fantastic I, I had to listen to um, obviously before the interview today I was like oh you know what? I'm just gonna put the Luna Bay EP on mm. on Spotify and like okay. I saw you guys you got like 70 72,000 monthly listeners or something I saw yeah which I is, looked at it recently actually yeah it's yeah. a huge number yeah it was pretty it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for where we are yeah yeah it's certainly uh it's it's been Spotify's been good, yeah. How do you how do you think? Because I think there's a lot of maybe up and coming bands that, um, maybe lacking kind of in that area, um, or they just don't know how to get to you know from a hundred monthly listeners yeah. to a thousand. What do you think are the best ways to sort of climb that ladder? It's it is difficult sometimes because a lot of the time it's just luck that someone you know. I think you know we we had a manager you know, who had decent contacts and sort of helped push us to Spotify as well. Mm. So we got our biggest song, Hometown, got put on a really good playlist for a long time. Mm. And that's why it's sort of accumulated lots of streaming. Right, okay. But, um, that's the key then, the playlist. <laughs> yeah, playlist is really important because they, they're the sort of things, they go on in cafes and, you know, uh, I think Connor was in River Island, uh, would be a little while ago now because it was when Hometown was fairly recently released and it was just playing. Wow. So it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> Very trippy it, but, experience. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. And like... Uh, uh, yeah, and just in... I think my parents have heard it in a cafe somewhere. Really <laughs> random places. Yeah, just, so it, that's the sort of thing. <clears throat> it's not quite the same as someone buying it. This is the thing with Spotify. It's, mm. it's, uh, and playlists. It's not like someone's... It's not necessarily a gauge of uh, people really like loving it, but it is still it's still <laughs> you know uh, it's not you know obviously it's there's there's a good amount of people who are just listening to it out of because they like it, but um, you know if you're on a playlist, you're not necessarily being um, you know it's just background right okay in a way, but yeah. 
No, I think that's a, that's a really honest answer, actually, because yeah. it is something people get torn up on a yeah. lot. I think you, you've kind of just got to accept that's part of it. You know, in the, in the modern music industry, you know, people don't really buy music that much unless, you know, it's something you know, that they really like. You know, people tend to buy vinyl now. That's like a huge, become a huge thing again. Right. Is that, you know, I think, I think generally... I don't know. The people maybe do still buy physical CDs, maybe, but I I don't know. It's not like Spotify is so accessible, and you know any other streaming um, service that you don't you almost don't need to own your music physically. Right. At least for me, anyway. I, I you know I I tend to just buy the odd. Uh, record right you know and of something an album I really like mm -hmm. and it's but that could be a second hand thing as well Absolutely. so it's not necessarily even like a new thing and they're so um, expensive as well to yeah. buy a brand new vinyl out yeah, of the shops yeah. it's yeah. like 20 30 pounds upwards yeah. for most of them for yeah. an album yeah yeah um but then like you said you, you go to a charity shop yeah or a second -hand oh, you can get shop, some yeah yeah like 50 pounds of vinyl and I used to do that a lot Mm. Um, and then you know it becomes um, something people do is you build up your vinyl collection yeah, yeah, yeah. but I remember reading an article recently in Bon Jovi uh, Living on a Prayer in 2019 got half a billion streams on Spotify wow still half mm. and that's 40 years after it was released yeah um, wow. I don't know how much we actually generated from that revenue wise but yeah. it, it can't be anywhere near what you know, that would be from a half billion singles actually physically being yeah. sold. But it, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, it's, it would be, it's like a billion like that because uh, it's so, uh, I guess it's on, it will be on playlists as well. Yeah, it's like but it's, you know, people, that people will be playing that song all the time, I guess. When mm. they, so it's, I think it's just a thing with Spotify just because it's so easy to play music. You're not, you feel like you're not, um, you, you're not, Committing to buying it, you're just right. playing it. It's just and uh, you're tasting it almost, aren't you? Yeah. I suppose yeah. there's a lot of yeah skipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a are you bringing out a vinyl for the EP that you've released, or you, do you have mm, one out? Uh, no, no, we, we haven't got any physical um, releases. Um, I, it's something we'd love to do. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> it, in some ways, just just for ourselves to have you know a, an actual physical. Um, record of our music to hold it in your hand yeah and, yeah, yeah so yeah. this is what we've done um <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah. before even thinking about you know uh selling it as uh you know for people to buy but i i think um i think it's, it's definitely something we'll we'd want to do at some point i think it's you know it's always a case of uh money and where we want to you know, Course, yeah. you, know you got to focus money on certain <laughs> things like if you if you've got enough to do it then do it but I think um, yeah. you know it depends on where we are and you know I think the, the thing with vinyl is because to actually <clears throat> make the pressing of it and the grooves and obviously because it's a unique um, disc mm. to press that for I think you know like 500 copies costs x amount but then to do it for a thousand or two thousand doesn't cost that much uh, more yeah. because you've yeah, got yeah. The, mm. the grooves Yes. on the disc yeah, yeah. and that's what costs for money so as I understand it I, yeah. I okay, don't yeah. work about in vinyl <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know like talking about physical music the, the only people I really see with CDs much because 
like so many HMVs and tiny little CD shops have closed up recently. Mm. Um, his his buskers, I see so many buskers mm. still selling CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, which I've seen that as well. I've and like um, I fairly often go to open mic nights mm. locally to where I live, just to you know, just as a why not fun yeah. <laughs> fun thing to watch and loads of people sell CDs and you know they sort of you know it's yeah I don't I don't know if that's a yeah if, if that's worth doing or not I guess I guess you have to have something in a way if you want to sell your music so but it's just uh, but I yeah I don't know maybe I don't if know. you've got stuff on Spotify then do you need to bother doing the CDs doing the CD, well know? I've seen people they have a little cards which um has like a QR code on it, ah. and you just scan it on your phone, and it takes you straight to Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's a lot cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Reality. I think that's yeah. Well, I think that's probably you know if you if you, I guess you make you will if you can sell the CDs, mm. then you'll make more money more quickly probably than just like having a few streams on. Spotify. But I haven't even got a but, CD player anymore. No, that's the thing. I don't, uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, my my computer doesn't even have a, you know, a disk drive. A disk drive. Yeah. <laughs> same thing with mine. My, I need to get a new laptop. My MacBook has just crashed. Um, which I'm I'm told it's something to do with a hard drive, but I have no, no idea about um, kind of repairing it. So that's anyway, mm. that's a separate issue. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, oh, I broke mine recently. Well, not that recently, about a year ago. It was tragic. I, I dropped it. That's not nice. Smashed the screen. Yeah. No. Pull <laughs> back for tears. <laughs> yeah. It was a yeah. That was a bad day. Did you lose? <laughs> did you have like many songs on it or anything? I mean, it was still it still kind of worked. So I was able to back it up again. Okay. And save everything that was on there. Nothing like really. It was just more. There's lots of college work on there that I wanted to make sure I still had mm. but, you know, you know uh, I made the mistake when I changed from uh, working on Logic 9 to Logic 10 oh, yeah, yeah. and I didn't have that much space so I was like I'm going to take that pro take Logic 9 off my Mac because I don't need this program anymore and I was like yeah I've got everything I need from this anything I need is either demos that have never amounted to anything yeah. or songs that have been you know gone the next step and, yeah, if, yeah, you know, yeah. and then it wasn't until about a year later I was like I wonder where this particular song it is. And I was like, oh no, whatever. It. And it was yeah. just for one song. And I asked all the other guys in the band who we worked on it with, I was like, has anyone got it? And they'd order them the same thing. And we got it. And we, we, I met up with these guys on Saturday, actually. Yeah. And um, yeah, none of us had it. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate losing, yeah. Losing things you want to work on. You know, I, yeah, I've definitely done that before. Um, how about this for a segue? Talking about working on things. <laughs> um, what are you guys doing now? Um, so we we've kind of we had a nice big break over Christmas because mm. we we were on tour uh, in for a couple of weeks in November. Okay. Um, and we uh, so we yeah we we did played Scala, which was amazing. Sold it out. Went to France as well, Paris. Wow. Um, okay. How was Paris? Did you enjoy playing there? It was. It was certainly. I mean, it was a. It was a Saturday night, so it was perfect. So we we got a, loads of people came down. Some for some reason, it was already like a. I think it was already uh, like a, almost a club night kind of thing. But we we were the main band there. Mm. It was cool. Um, so there were loads of people there. 
there were some people, French people, who actually like knew us, knew oh, the band, cool. so wow. that's good. They're like right at the front row, like singing along, which was pretty cool because we weren't <laughs> like on the way there. It was, it was we had a funny journey there, but uh, we already talked about it on the uh, other podcast we were on. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, there, there was a trip to A and E on the way. What? Yeah. Okay, you got to tell us. I, I have to. I have to tell. Right. So, <laughs> um, we we were really we were on track, on time. Mm-hmm. We were pretty much at the. We'd gone to. We were still in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to pass passport check. Yep. So, gone through everything. You know, showing all our passports, everything, and. We were just sort of driving towards the um, Eurotunnel, the train, mm. uh, to where you wait to board. And uh, we were sort of passing our passports back to each other. And uh, <laughs> like we, we, we mess around a lot. We, we sort of, we do have a lot of laughs. But um, <clears throat> Connor, who was in the front, he passed rather carelessly threw back a passport and it hit Alex on the head. And that sort of annoyed Alex. I, I was doing that in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> and uh, Alex re- retaliated by throwing a passport at Connor. And it turned out that Connor turned towards Alex as he was throwing the passport and it hit him. At first we thought, like, directly in the eye. <laughs> oh, no. So we were thinking, oh, God. Because he, he, was, he was sort of like, holding his face for a while and then he sort of, like looked up at Rye who sat next to him and his whole like eye was like really bloodshot and there was blood sort of underneath oh and, like, no and we like all started to freak out a bit I think Connor did say I can't see at one point or something <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so it was quite a tense moment um, <laughs> we, like, so we, we had to like stop and we got some like first aid people to come and sort of like have a look and they said yeah you should probably go to hospital so we went to uh it's about a 20 minute drive or so to the nearest hospital and yeah waited a couple of hours there Connor got looked at for 15 minutes yeah uh, no 15, for like a, like a couple of minutes okay and he was fine and they just cleaned his eye checked him over and uh it was all good in the end but it was just like we we uh, and then on top of this, we were kind of unsure how this gig was going to go because we were like, is there, is there going to be no one here? We've mm. just like, uh, we've been in hospital for two hours and now we're like, it, it felt like <laughs> everything was going against us. And then Rye was feeling ill, okay. like quite seriously, oh, <laughs> like <no>. sick. <laughs> um, and... It's like, yeah, everything was against us a bit. But we, we just decided we're going to do it. We, we can't cancel. Mm. We're just going to do it. We're going to play a, a good gig. And the gig and, went really and, well. And then there were loads of people there. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a great night. Amazing. But we had to go back the same night. So I got home, got back to England at, you know, to my flat at about half seven in the morning. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the morning after, so that was that was pretty bad. <laughs> God, yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, it was. Um, uh, we we 
we're talking now. What ah, uh, what we're doing now. But yes, so now no, I like the I like the story. I like yeah. the rock and roll story. <laughs> um, rambling story. So uh, yeah, so we we've had just had a uh, big break, and mm-hmm. now we're um, yeah we're sort of in the process of um, working out dates to record a few songs. Okay. Because um, we want to just keep releasing as much music as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a gig. Uh, on fifteenth, fifteenth um, of Feb. Okay, so, well, yeah. Where are you guys playing? Uh, it's it's called Watling Watling's Beer. It's in Tottenham, so it's okay. like it's like a. I think I think it's like an opening, like night thing for this beer company. Okay. Sounds. If that <laughs> doesn't draw people down, I mean, nothing beer, will. I could have got that completely wrong. I mean, no, but I'm sure that's right. Yeah, it's Watling, Watling's beer, and, and it's in Tottenham. If you it's send me like a, a link to the event page or something, I can um, put it. Oh yeah. Put it on the yeah, description. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I hope it's completely different because I'm definitely not editing this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure I've got it. Vaguely right. No, I hope it's, I hope it's like the like cancer research trust or something. <laughs> no, and you're no, like, nah, no. mate, I'll be loads of beer. <laughs> no, it's 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 a it's a proper yeah event. Um, okay, great. No, it sounds really good. Yeah, well, if that's on the fifteenth of Feb, we'll put the event description or something, and um, yeah, hopefully get some yeah. people down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, and then I I think we kind of the thing we really want to do this. Yeah, over the next few months is go on a support tour, mm. support a you know a band who are probably a next step from us. Yeah, know, a bigger band, you know, play some uh, big venues. Just because you know it's fun doing a headline tour, but we're not, we have nowhere near as many fans regionally as we do in London. Okay, because we can sell you know, sell out Scala in London, mm-hmm. but then you know. Then you know you notice is as you go to like Sheffield or Manchester that it's much quieter. Mm. So we just want to be able to go around the country, play to you know other people's fans, yeah. you know, and you and know, then you build you your know, own following. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that's, how it uh, works. that's the that is um, what we really want to do. I think in the next you know, this year okay. going into summer. Any uh, any particular bands you would you would want to support, um, given the choice? I think I've, I there's probably I don't I I think we just we go for not any band but we 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 just want to want to find the right band who's mm. kind of vaguely similar to us who maybe have a similar fan base. I don't I can't I. Couldn't say specifically, really, because we're we're kind of we're fairly open minded mm. to it. But I think um, I'm sure I'm sure the others uh, have a, a specific bands they'd like to tour with. But I I think it's you know it depends on what we can um, so find who who you know wants us wants us to be on tour. With <laughs> but, uh, so you're pretty open to the process. Yeah, and I, I don't see where it takes you. Much. I think it's as long as we you know we can be playing you know, decent venues mm. to a good number of people, then I think, yeah. Definitely, it's that exposure, isn't it? I mean, if you're not going to you can sell some t-shirts of a merch stand. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I one thing I never understand at gigs when, if you go to watch a band and, and people don't turn up for the support and it's like, you have some of the main bands that I follow have been support bands mm. that I found at gigs mm. and 
like so, you know, if you're going to a, a gig with your mate and you don't particularly know the band or what, but you're just going because it's, mm. it's like you said, we're open mics. It's something to do. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. You go see a show. Yeah, yeah. And just for support band, you no idea who they are. Like, oh my god, these guys are great. Mm. And you start following yeah, yeah. them more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes, um, yeah, it does happen. It does happen. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of this. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's definitely um, it's just because you're a support band doesn't mean you know people aren't gonna enjoy your music or you know, I think. I th- I think people do go partly to gigs to see you know not just the main band but then mm. also you know they want to see someone else you know find something new maybe definitely so it's the whole experience yeah what would you say that the biggest challenges that you guys have faced as a band up until this point other than like passports <laughs> in the eye and <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just gen I think making sure we because we've all got jobs, mm. um, I think it's it's working around that was has been you know it's it's quite difficult you know if you're you know trying to work out days to rehearse and if you know if someone's working in the evenings and uh, and then a lot of us can't work during the day because we're at work during the day you know it's, it's trying to that's, that's quite out. a that's quite um, that can be quite a annoying thing you know no, we not with each other just you know we want to be rehearsing and playing as much as possible but yeah of course um, I think yeah I, I probably it's probably that and then you know finding ways to make you know money to be able to record because we you know, definitely we, we we definitely feel like we could be recording more and you know um have you ever done any sort of crowdfunding or like, uh, you know, like Patreon for, for YouTubers or anything no, like that? No, not, not really. We've just sort of, I think we've, because Spotify is pretty good for us, you know, it helps uh, towards, you know, uh, the costs of doing gigs, getting mm. to gigs and uh, recording as well. So that's, that is like a good um <clears throat> certainly a good support um, but no we've never done any um, crowdfunding really I don't think no not really it's funny how some people will fund an album um, you know uh, Justin Hawkins from, from The Darkness yes uh, <laughs> I found out because I I had a, a friend who his band supported them mm. and uh, one of them was saying to me about how in order to to record the first Darkness album, which was kind of like very much before home recording, sort of yeah. really yeah, was mainstream, yeah, yeah. Um, Justin had a jingles company, and he did <laughs> jingles for like the Mars Bar, Coca Cola, oh, wow. and like all these big companies and brands. And right. the money he got from that, they used to yeah. fund the first yeah. Darkness album. Oh wow, that sounds. I mean, yeah, jingles is like a that's a good money maker because I'm pretty sure you you get paid. Uh, certain certain things you can get paid every time it's played. Yes, so that's like that. that can be like a huge thing if it's a you know if it's a decent uh, advert. Oh, you know, like the best ones about it. I met uh, David Lowe who did the the theme tune for the BBC News. Oh wow! And so that's like every time it's yeah. every time. So like, and then twenty four hour news. <laughs> that's true as well. Wow! And he told us because I think it was PRS, Premier Rights Society, who get the royalties. Yeah. Um, they essentially had to take on like a whole new member of staff just for him. I mean, oh, like they had no wow. idea because they just kept getting like yeah, yeah, yeah. every, like literally every yeah, second yeah, yeah. they were getting a backlog because yeah, yeah. yeah, it was wow. still playing. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's a good gig to have. So just, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> you, you've done that now. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you've literally made for life, yeah, really, yeah, aren't yeah. you, and stuff yeah, like that, with royalties. Yeah. Um, but obviously, because you're kind of working uh, in uh, for, for Brains and, and Hutch, yes. the moment, we, we were saying just before we started yeah. the interview, um, I spoke to Luke Cooper a little bit about this in a podcast, but we haven't released that one as the time of recording this. Do you want to tell us a bit about kind of your job there and what you do? Yeah, I think there's there's not um, a whole lot to it. It's I'm my job title is studio assistant, and so that involves that it sort of ranges from doing <laughs> making tea and coffee mm-hmm. to um, you know helping them set up sessions and um, and. But then, you know, there's admin stuff that he's doing, there's, you know, helping them, just keeping stuff uh, organised. Uh, it's, it's anything, you know, to assist them in making their jobs easier, really. So it's, it's um, it can, it, it varies a bit. I mean, today I was doing loads of admin, I was doing, uh, <laughs> scanning lots of scores today. Okay. Behind, I've been uh, behind the screen. <laughs> uh, you feel in like you're screen yeah. In front of the screen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, it's it's a really it's a yeah it's a it's a very uh, it's a really good experience to have because it's it's like a there is the, the small company. It's just three of them there, two composers, um, and you know it's nice to because that is sort of a vaguely interesting area for me I've been quite interested in uh, composing and mm. um, that side of things as well so it's it's it is um, it's certainly a, a relevant place to be working it's not um, there's nothing wrong with working in a bar but you know it's nice to be you know music related in some do way. something that's you know has some relevance to what I want to be doing yeah know? absolutely mm. I think that's the tough thing I was interviewing uh, Kostas Magdalenos mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying like, pretty much every musician he knows, by this one guy, um, who was like supporting Slipknot, and you know, like kind of like real like top tier mm. player. All of us have to do some sort of Something day on job. The side, yeah, yeah. You know, whether like, obviously like you know, ideal world like maybe you'd be touring every week with Luna yeah. Bay and <laughs> making albums and and yeah, everything yeah. as yeah. everyone would, but yeah. um, the reality is, I think in the, the the modern music industry in this climate, you've got to have a day job. Yeah. And yeah, if you yeah. can make it related to music in any capacity, yeah. you're kind of That's, winning a yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, you have to find lots of ways of you know supporting yourself. Yeah, to, so you can do the thing you want to be doing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be doing Lunar Day full time, and just be on tour and recording and yeah not have to worry about doing uh, other jobs. Although, but the thing I've got at the moment is really great mm. for the moment, so I've got no complaints. No, really. it's good. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's but in general, uh, it is, it's, you do have to <laughs> be doing other things, you know, so besides music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so where, where would you kind of see yourself going in the future um, with this job, or...? Uh, I, d- I, d- I don't know. I think, I I mean, it, <laughs> it's more, uh, I, th- I think um, if, if Luna Bay becomes uh, something that can be a full-time thing, then mm-hmm. obviously 
uh, I can put other things uh, kind of on hold and on hold. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's kind of I'm 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 in a position where I'm sort of waiting to see where we go with Luna Bay. I think it's you know it's obviously I love doing it. It's like that's what what I want to be doing. Amazing. Spending my time doing. So I'm I'm sort of trying not to make too many plans because you know I want to be really dedicated to be committed, be open yeah, to that project. Um, so. But I, I don't know, I, th I think, yeah, it's certainly that area of things, doing composing or, um, so yeah. You, are you playing bass in any other projects at the moment? Uh, not, not really, no. I, I, do, I do fairly regularly do theatre shows. Um, so oh, okay, I play, cool. you know, like a pit band, you know, an orchestra or something, um, which I really enjoy doing. It's quite completely different from... Uh, <laughs> doing Luna Bay, <laughs> where you're like uh, you're on stage and sort of centre of everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I, I really enjoy doing that. Um, mm. So that's another sort of area I'm quite interested in. Um, as a obviously, it's a, a different, a different, um, quite, quite different. But uh, no, I can I can relate. Yeah. I've done sort of a theatre show yeah. style work before yeah. myself as a drummer in it um, yeah it's a weird shift isn't it because you you yeah. obviously are a very integral part of the production but at the same time yeah you're not the focus really, yeah in a way because <laughs> it's obviously like <laughs> as, a especially not individually mm. uh, as in when you're in a band on stage like people will be they'll look at you as a band but then they'll also be focusing on you and you know look at you um, Less so if you're a bassist, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. You know, you've got, you know, the guitar player, the singer. It's the singer, the singer and lead guitar, it's always the case. Uh, Occasional uh, glance at the drummer if they do a cool film yeah, or something. Yeah, and then yeah. bass They're not like, shrouded in darkness at the back somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, so uh, what kind of theatre shows have you, have you worked uh, on? I've mostly, so most, mostly like amateur productions, like youth shows. Mm, okay. Um, but I've done. I've, I haven't done in, you know any <laughs> West End or anything. Uh, it's mostly um, just through uh, people I know. Uh, my mum uh, works as well. Part works partly as a. Uh, she produces shows for like a local theatre company. Oh, um, cool! Uh, outside London, uh, Vivo Dante. She will, I had to say that otherwise. <laughs> She, she, get she the plug in, me. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I've that's sort of helped. That that was quite an early on thing when I was fairly young, about like sixteen and fifteen. I did my first show just mm. playing bass. Uh, so I've I've got sort of a few contacts through that, and um, so, but uh, yeah, I it's generally just like musicals and things which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. I guess it, it kind of like touched on the West End side of things when like a lot of these amateur shows you know depending on rights or whatever like you know they do do their productions mm. of Mamma Mia or <laughs> uh, you know whatever it is on the Lillies. West End yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and then it's like you actually learn the scores you learn the parts mm. and then it's just yeah. the different levels yeah. no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite a fan of musicals I'm not like I don't know much about them 
but uh, it's I, I really enjoy sort of uh, playing as part of a playing along to actual like reading music mm. and sort of because you you really sort of see where you are in the music and like what your role is and it's quite it's just that it's a very it's it's a very contrast contrasting thing to being in a band where you're sort of uh you can play what almost play what you want but within reason yeah but yeah. uh you know it's it's where you you kind of you have to in theatre shows you have to be in a certain place certain time playing the right thing um you know it's not that you don't have to do that no I know what you mean but, but it's, it's, it's almost like a it's, more structured and disciplined yeah. approach yes. to it yeah 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 rather yeah. than yeah. being alive you've got more freedom in a band where you can sort of you know uh, add things you want to add and stuff but yeah definitely uh, it's just quite a nice contrasting thing to do really that's what kind of, I think one of the fun things of you know if you're playing in a band and you have a song that starts with these particular parts and then a years down the line when you, you play the song, you know, a hundred times yeah. live, you you know, you start putting different fills yeah. in or yeah, different yeah, feels or different yeah. approaches, but often when you're just, you know, playing the dots as it were, playing mm. these set parts for you in a theatre mm. show, it is a very different set of yeah. skills. Yeah, yeah. And developing that discipline as well, yeah. I think it's difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. I think well yeah, it's less um it's maybe there's less uh individuality in it because it's you know you 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 have to play what someone else has played mm. which is I think is a good discipline you know it's like because with Nina Bay I can kind of make my own bass lines and yeah play what I want to play but you know, in theatre you you have to you have to do you know what is written pretty yeah. much um you know unless there's unless it's indicates where <laughs> unless there's an indication in the score that says play you know just you know, do a fill. You know, go crazy. Go crazy. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen a score where it says something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a good. Dis it's definitely a good discipline to have. I think reading music is really. Um, um, I, I'm so glad I've I've learned how to do it. Yes. Um, I don't think it's, I'm not saying you have to do it, but um, for me personally, because uh, I remember when I was. A, sort of a bit younger in sort of college doing BTEC and music I was kind of quite anti doing any music theory or learning how to read okay. it's like the classic thing of saying like oh you know it'll take away the soul or <laughs> classic <laughs> teenager <laughs> approach yeah. I don't want to uh, learn how to do that um, but I just decided but I don't know I can't remember I think I gradually got pushed into it by my brother sort of, I think my brother did say just like, don't be so against it, just, mm. you know, just do, do your grade five music theory, learn how to read a bit and, you know. And you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, and it, I, it, that's the, that's one of the best things I've done. Just, it's a small, really small thing ages ago, just doing that, I think it's sort of, uh, sort of started an interest in like really sort of wanting to understand music and uh, n not just sort of playing bass and uh, you know I think it's probably like encouraged me to look into like writing for like an orchestra pretty much okay, pretty much I see um, 
because that was it's not, I haven't done much of that recently but I, when I was at BIM I was on the composing and arranging module mm -hmm. and I loved doing that it wasn't a perfect course because you, you have to cram so much in in such a short period of time. Like you're taught how to write for strings in like one lesson, and then it's on to brass next, which is just completely like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. It's know, not enough time. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, there's there's nothing you can really do about that. But um, that I think just wanting like learning about music theory and learning how to read sort of triggered uh, lots of other things, like an interest in other music than just sort of rock and yeah. pop and um, yeah, I think it sort of started an interest in learning about classical music um, <laughs> a broad term uh, but yeah no uh, I know what you I mean it gives you that overall outlook yeah, doesn't ra it? yeah rather than sort of just focusing on one sort of style of music or something yeah. not, that, not that this is just me personally speaking I'm not saying you, you can't do that without <laughs> uh, without having any you know you can love any kind of music without any knowledge of anything really but um, yeah no I think it's just it, it's, it definitely sort of got me interested in uh, really like trying to learn about music more deeply than just sort of playing it for fun Okay. No, I think it's a, it's a really interesting observation and it's interesting to see your journey on that and how it kind of began and and developed and mm. is going to continue to develop yeah. on those kind of skills. Um, as we kind of start to wrap up now, I guess, um, I, I kind of briefly touched on it a little bit and kind of asking about what bands you'd like to support, but what do you say your main influences are as a musician? Me personally? Yeah. Um... So that's difficult. I think I. It's a broad in, in question. Terms, <laughs> in, in terms of bass, I'll, I'll do two. So I, okay. I, I, in terms of bass, I think initially I I loved. Uh, I listened to. I think it was partly my parents' influence, uh, but I I used to listen to loads of like I think well from sixties to the eighties is kind of like loads of music I listened to. Mm. I did I barely listen to any, any modern music when I was younger. Um, so I used to listen to like The Cure. Okay. Because um, they you know, they have lots of like, not like really complicated bass lines, but they're quite cool. Mm. The same with like Joy Division. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> even The Clash. I haven't listened to The Clash in years. But like, I'm just thinking, and like, um, uh, trying to think. Yeah, that so that kind of area that was like the, the initial like thing that got me in, into like playing bass. I think was like um, anything with like a cool bass line. I think I don't know. I think there's something about the, in in the eighties. There was some like <laughs> lots of cool bass lines going on in like um, uh, for yeah, like I said, the Cure. I, that, that's definitely one I remember. Mm. Um, but um, in terms of like. Uh, general like songwriting heroes uh, again it's tends to be older uh, artists I'm I'm uh, unashamedly a Burt Bacharach enthusiast and ev evangelist which is probably quite shocking to some people um, 
uh, yeah, no, I think that's fine. I mean, yeah. it's, it's whatever you draw inspiration <laughs> and influence from. Um, so I, it's I, not I, what I thought you were going to say. That's right. Yeah. Um, Fair play to but you. I like, but so yeah, I I'm I do have I'm a huge fan of like seventies singer songwriters as well. So mm-hmm. I really like Carol King. Oh yeah, um, great. Yeah. Uh, Janie Mitchell, uh, Jimmy Webb. Mm-hmm. So that's in terms of like my, for my personal like songwriting uh, inspiration. That's very much like the sort of where um, I sort of draw a lot of inspiration. But I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's There's quite so difficult. much. Isn't There's there? so much. <laughs> I could list for ages everything, but I, I, I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably broad. Broadly, <laughs> without going into too much detail, the sort of my no, that's great. But, um, well, it's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and having a chat about kind of what you're working on right now with with Luna Bay and where that's going to go next. So it was um, Saturday, fifteenth of February. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure I've got it right. We, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely send me the link. And we'll yeah, we'll yeah, put it in this description yeah, 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 and we'll sure. make sure we get it. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Sammy. And we'll chat again soon, hopefully. Yeah.